This is Sailor. Welcome to another episode of Metal Rock and Whiskey. Well, hello, hello, gentlemen. What's up? What is up? Hey, hey. Good to be back. I am whiskey in hand and uh, ready to talk some metal and rock and whiskey. Yeah. That's good because that's what we do here. It's a new season. That's the name. Yes, it is. Ready to it's kick off season, season three. Woo, woo. Season three. Wow. Can wow. you believe it? Which I feel like it should really be season, season four. four. It should. We could have cut that first one up a little our bit. Our first season went a couple years, but that's all yeah. right. A <laughs> couple <laughs> years and 80 episodes. It's it's pretty much season four, technically. Yeah. I mean, you know. Um well, it's it's good to be back. It's good to see your faces, fellas. Um, it's good to be with all our listeners again. Um, it's a new year. Dun, yes, dun, it dun. is. Goodbye, 2020, and hello, 2021. Mm. Fuck 20, yeah. 2020, the sequel? <laughs> don't say that. I don't know. <laughs> 2021 just doesn't... I kind of liked 2020. It was a nice round. It was good to write out and everything else. Yeah, it's just bad that year, that year sucked. <laughs> fuck that year. Six days yeah. in and it looks like, um, yeah. Mm. The year is still young. And it's still Oof, very, very young. Yes. Yeah. Let's let it breathe yeah, a bit. There, there's going to be some overlap. It's There's not going to be a definite delineation there. There's going to be a little overlap. True. So that's it'll be all right. Correct. Yes. Very true. All right. Let's so, stop talking about that. Yeah, let's stop talking yeah. about that shit. Yeah. Matt, you got any yes. current music news for us? I have a couple things. Uh, and not to, I mean, we just talked about some depressing stuff. Um, but I. Let's talk let's, about more let's depressing talk, stuff. Let's talk about a death. I okay, mean, great. Yes, let's talk about lots yes. of them. Uh, you guys like Children of Bottom? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um, they're pretty. They're, Wait, they're pretty cool. Did you say Children of Bottom? Yes. <laughs> Not Bottom. The the band. No Bottom. Like B O D O M. Oh, <laughs> I, like Bottom. Like I don't know the bottom of the barrel or the bottom. The of bottom my... of the barrel. Children. <laughs> Fuck those kids. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, yeah, they're the uh, lead singer and uh, lead guitarist uh, Alexi Leho. I believe you pronounce his last name, uh, passed away at the oh, uh, tail end of last, I guess on the 30th or 31st mm-hmm. um, from uh, an undisclosed illness that he had been battling. But only 41. Um, way, 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 way too young. Yeah. Yep. Um, they're, yeah, they're, I guess you would categorize them. I don't know how you, I mean, power metal. 
like, I think so. Kind of, think kind of melodic metal, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I like them. They're from Finland. They were part of that, uh, you know, sort of, you know, mid nineties sort of Scandinavian metal scene that was going mm-hmm. on, you know, mid to late nineties, like Volbeat, all those guys mm-hmm. um, came yeah. about about the same time. Um, so, you know, always seems like there's one of these deaths at the end of every year, you know, in the music industry and in the metal industry. And, uh, you know, it just sucks. It really sucks. I was a fan of theirs and, uh, he'll be missed. Well, we'll definitely yeah. have a drink to Alexi, but we yes. have some fun kind of music slash some very fun news. Yeah. Yeah. Who, 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 if you haven't seen this, we're going to spoil <laughs> something for you. Bad. It, it, it really doesn't lend to the show at all, really, that much as far as spoilers go. But um, friend of the show, friend of Sailor yes. here, Mr. D. Snyder, the one and only. Um, if any of you out there are fans of the Netflix Smash series, Cobra Kai, which we all are, uh, yeah. D makes a fantastic cameo appearance in the show, uh, performing, uh, of course, as he does best. Uh, when he's not uh, advocating on Twitter, um, you know, supporting, you know, music and, you know, anti-censorship and all that stuff. Um, yes. Um, so a really great cameo. And, uh, and of course, he took to Twitter to talk about it and mentioned that uh, he was honored to be part of that gang. So really cool stuff. Um, what did you think? I know, Ed, you haven't watched it yet, but Sailor, no, I am you way think? behind. Without giving any spoilers away, Stiller, what did you think of season three? Oh, without there's a part I want to talk about that's so funny that um, I'll spoil it, so I won't, I guess. But um, I I think it's awesome because Johnny would have totally listened to Twisted Sister, you know, when he was a teenager. I'm absolutely certain that's what he would be blasting, um, you know, from his car. Uh, I thought it was so funny because. It was a throwback. For sure, these kids would not be listening, going to see Dee Snyder live, I assume, which, you know, mm-hmm. is a shame. But, you know, I just thought it was such a great, a great throwback to the original, uh, the time period of the original movies. Dee was hilarious. Um, it was so cute because it must have been the next day I was on Twitter and saw him posting some uh, candids of him with the cast of the show of D with the cast of the show and just saying like, yeah, now I've really arrived. <laughs> oh, wow. he, he made an appearance on Cobra Kai. <laughs> it was just so great. It was amazing. All the people that came back for the season is mind blowing. No spoilers. Yeah. Hurry up uh, and see it. And and who they and they they tease someone at the end too for next <laughs> yes, season. They so did. yes, um, so <laughs> yeah, I mean they they do such a you know nostalgia can be overdone sometimes and it gets stale you know as much as we love it, uh, but they have done such a great job of finding that perfect balance between the nostalgia that we all love and keeping it super fresh. And yeah. they hit another home run for me. Absolutely! Oh yeah. my god, they totally did. It was very very well done. So yeah. Yes. Watch it. So before we talk about tonight's topic, and again, uh, not to be a bummer, but uh, our whiskey fabric is really important to us. And um, I recently lost a friend, very tragically, um, 
Mike Thompson, and he was a huge whiskey lover and a big supporter of myself and of the show. Um, I got to see him, thank God, last year um, because he lives in Cincinnati. That's where I met him um, on my trip back, and I'm so grateful I did and spoke to him a little bit before New Year's. Um, He was a very decorated firefighter and paramedic. Um, I believe it was 24 years on the job with the Cincinnati Fire Department. Um, he's an amazing father, a wonderful husband, um, just an absolute. You ever meet people that just right away you can tell they're just they're just so genuine and wonderful and kind, and they mm-hmm. just there's a spirit about them. I don't know how else to describe Mike, but um, he was so. He was just amazing. The first time I met him, he came to a whiskey tasting of mine and um, he would always stay after a group of guys would stay after and have dinner and we'd all sit down together and, you know, we'd talk about whiskey and we started talking about music in the eighties and he's like, Oh, I was a DJ when I was in college. And you know, everybody's like, Oh, I was a DJ, but he actually was a DJ and kept all of his original vinyl. So he had like an entire basement full of it. So the next time, I had a whiskey tasting in the area. He shows up with a piece of vinyl for me and it was diggable planets. We had gotten into this discussion about it. And um, I was just like, wow, you know, I mean, you meet someone once and you mention something and they remember it and bring you a gift like that. It was just really, um, it's just, that's, that's who he was. Uh, And I was supposed to be at this event last year back in Cincinnati again at this wonderful library called the Mercantile Library, one of the oldest libraries um, in the country. Uh, It's an amazing place. And um, Sherry Moore, the uh, director of whiskey production for Uncle Nearest, was giving a talk on on kind of this historic uh, part of whiskey and talking about the story of Uncle Nearest. And I couldn't be there because the date got changed. And so I had messaged Mike and said, I'm so sad that I can't be there. And he just took pictures for me all night and was sending me messages all night. And he Mm -hmm. got to meet Sherry and he was so excited to meet Sherry. And he was just such a great guy. So um, I got through it without crying. A big loss for me really devastated me. Um, But, you know, he, he left behind him so many people that he touched and, um, so I just want to make a toast um, to Mike Thompson, who is one of the best humans I've ever known. So cheers to Mike. Cheers to Mike. Never met him, but if that's your endorsement, then I feel like uh, it's well-deserved. Absolutely. So Any much. friend of yours is a friend of ours. That's right. Thank you so much. So on that note, let's listen to a little bit of music so that I can... Uh, compose myself again shall we let's do it let's do it Yeah. Well, all right. All right. Uh, so, Matt, before you 
take it away with what everyone's drinking tonight. I'm just going to talk about what I'm drinking since I already had a sip and did my toast. Um, I thought it was fitting that I should be drinking some blackened whiskey tonight. I am drinking Batch 100. Um, The first bottle that I purchased, uh, I purchased with my then fiance and now husband to have our toast on the day of our wedding. So we got married in this tiny little, it's an old chapel, but it's like they have like AA meetings there now, but it it looks super cute. So we just had a justice of the peace and our photographer and his wife, it was just us, a small affair. And so we had the black and sitting there at the quote unquote altar and did a toast with our justice of the peace and our, and our friends right after we got married. So I'm not drinking from that bottle because that bottle we save for our anniversaries. Um, And then this batch 100 was the special release that we purchased on our one year anniversary. And um, we're both drinking it tonight. We're not allowed to drink it without each other. Um, so this was the box set that I got, if you guys remember. So you get mm-hmm. the vinyl, um, picture discs too, which is just so cool of the playlist for, uh, this spot, this, this batch. And, um, what I, I purchased it before I knew what the playlist was. So it's blackened, creeping death, the unforgiven disposable heroes fade to black, uh, whiplash and justice for all leper messiah battery <laughs> it's just like yeah oh, yeah that's, so that's a solid cool. left they kept it, oh, they yeah. kept it old like, school for you i know i was so excited <laughs> i'm like oh no it's gonna be all this new stuff that i don't really yeah, like it's like fuel <laughs> until it sleeps like all the load stuff <laughs> and this was rob's playlist so that was also really freaking cool awesome. um so you get, yeah, you get the vinyl, you get a guitar pick, and you get this little zine that comes with it. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, I, just, I just thought it was so, so great the way they did this. It's absolutely delicious. Um, I love it. So that's what I'm sipping on tonight. Nice. I love it. That's awesome. Cool. To that. What about you guys? All right. Ed. Me? Okay. It's been a while, but I felt this would be a great time to debut my uh, my new acquisition on this show. Very apropos, as you will see. Um, I think I know what it is. I don't. I found yep. <laughs> <laughs> 1.75 liter bottle of Larceny. So this should last me at least a few episodes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I better be episodes. gone by the end of this. No. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys are wondering why we're laughing so hard at larceny, um, if you're if you're an old school listener of this podcast, you get it right away. But um, it's kind of an inside joke with us. I don't know if it's, yes. we explain it if it's funny. Hey, <laughs> this is this is the good end of the edometer. <laughs> that is the good end of the enemeter. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, we'll have to. God, remind me to post that enemeter again. That's and funny. I think uh, a couple episodes ago, we um, we replaced Slayer with um, Slipknot as the yes. bad end. And then you replace Slipknot with Under Oath. Under Oath. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, which I just posted. On, so I think we uh, should Instagram. put. We should put Slayer, Slipknot, Under Oath, because then we can have like different levels of red. 
<laughs> that's orange and they're kind of right right there. exactly exactly the, US, the uss edometer under a slayer <laughs> but yeah i am really enjoying this it's like i said it's been a, been a little while since i've had one of these bottles and uh it's a welcome return to the stable nice yeah it's been so a let, me, let me yeah let me ask you something do you you obviously when you go back to a bottle from not having it for a long time, you know, your mm -hmm. palate changes, you've had so many things in between. Is there anything that you're picking up on this oh. since the last time you had it? Just curious. Funny. You should say that I'm getting, I remember I got a lot of peanut on it before. I'm not getting so much this time. Um, I'm getting a little bit, this is going to sound weird. A little bit of a funk kind of a note that I get from like the Willet pot still. I don't gotcha. know what it is, but there's something about there that I really like about that. Um, that's one of the things that I, I really like about Willet pot still. I know that's kind of a polarizing one. Either people seem to love it or hate it. See that funk you're talking about? I don't yeah. like it on the Willet. No, yeah. but there's something in here that's very similar. I'm picking up a similar note that I'm really, really digging. Um, yeah, because yeah. I know yeah, I mean, you've had barrel proof stuff in between. You've had all this oh, yeah. other stuff, you know. So it's curious. I always like oh, to yeah. when you go back to something. Yeah, and it's uh, it's 92 proof, which, you know, it's not... Granted, I've had much higher. I've had, you know, my um, Jack Daniels barrel proof. It's 130-something, and, you know, but still, um, 92. It's, it's a great, just a great uh, sipper, you know? You know... <clears throat> I'm glad, excuse me, <clears throat> I have, my allergies are so horrific, so I apologize. Um, you bring something up that's interesting, Matt, which I would like to kind of go down a rabbit hole, I think we should do on a show upcoming, about tasting. So I woke up this morning to an article from Michael Veach, who I just love his subjects and the way he tackles subjects. And he wrote an article, and you can you can go to Bourbon Veach, that's V-E-A-C-H dot com to read this article. And it's he's kind of attacking that, you know, the question, Matt, I'm sure you get this. I get this constantly. What's your favorite whiskey? And we all usually answer free whiskey. Yeah. Um, but I usually say, well, on what day? At what time? Yeah, or it depends what on my season? mood. What yeah. have I eaten? Where am I? What's my environment? Mm -hmm. And people kind of look at you like, Burr? but that's a real thing. And he also recently, um, it's another article that he talked about professional tasting and how really irresponsible it is that um, for awards, these, these master tasters can only taste at one time. Mm -hmm. So you've just had 50,000 other whiskeys on your mm -hmm. palate and you're supposed to judge a whiskey. You know, I mean, your palate is exhausted. You know, you if you're drinking high proof, you may have burned out your palate at that point, you know, after three, four of them, it's just so unfair. I think they should be given a month to go through all of them and really be able to replicate the same conditions, the same time of day, what they've eaten, whatever, if you really want to be fair about it. But anyway, the discussion of going back to something. So you hear people who drink a lot of whiskey say sometimes, well, this is the first time I've had this you know, and I didn't really like it so much, but I'm going to go back to it. And the reason typically that we say that is because it could be that what we ate today 
doesn't pair well with that whiskey. Or I have a cold or it's summer and I'm going to like that better in winter or I'm exhausted or it's too early or the color of the walls is wrong. I mean, this really all affects taste. I think that my experience and I just the reason I brought this up is I want to ask you guys. I feel like there are a few whiskeys that I drink so often that I don't really experience that anymore because Mm. I just know that taste and that flavor so much kind of like French fries. You can give me French fries for breakfast. You can give me French fries when I have the stomach flu and I'm still going to want to eat them. (laughs) You can give me French fries anytime. And there's so many French fries. And there are several whiskeys that for me are the same because I drink them so often. Do you guys feel the same way? I don't think I've, I've thought about it in those terms before. Um, no, I, I can't say that I really, really thought about it like that. I know it, each time I come back to a whiskey, I don't, I think I mix it up enough. I try not to drink the same thing more than maybe a couple times a, in, you know, a couple of weeks, you know, I, I tend to rotate through my collection. So maybe I just don't give myself enough chance to, uh, reach get to that point but um you how about you matt i'll let you answer right partly yes and partly no i mean i think there's some bottles that um when i go back to them after a short period or a long period of time i i know exactly what i'm what i'm going to get um you know like something you know like most things from glenn morangy which i've rotated through several times you know something like glenfiddich 12 year which i know is one of sailor's favorite um, I know exactly what I'm getting when I go back to that. Um, very little variation, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you too, Ed. Like, I, like you know, I don't rotate that quickly through the stuff. So, the Glenfiddich 12 is definitely one of those that. Yeah. I it it, I'll, although I will say, I had it had been I actually hadn't had it in quite a while. And I ate something that night that just was perfect with it. But I was aware as I'm drinking, I'm like, ooh, I'm having a good taste night. Like I said that, like I'm having my palate is just perfect right now for this. And I just got all this amazing magical stuff from it just in a, I guess, I don't know, highlighted, I guess I would say. But I know that that's going to taste super similar to me every time I drink it because I'm just so familiar with that taste profile. I yeah. can't say that about a lot of other whiskeys. Sometimes they'll taste wildly different for me, depending there on. There are very going. few that um, hit a home run for me every single time. Very few. And you bring up a point, something I've been really thinking about lately, just coincidentally, um, that really relates to what you said. It's the whole idea of reviewing whiskey. I, I, I don't know if I want to say I have a problem with it. I mean, that because that's maybe the, not the right way to say it. But I don't put as much credence in whiskey reviews as I used to, just for all the reasons that you illustrated. Because each every time you taste a whiskey, it's a very personal experience. Yes. Um, it's so subjective. And you, right. can, you can look at literally just take three whiskeys. And search reviews, and you will find good reviews, and I mean really good reviews, and then really horrible reviews equally. So what's yeah. the point? It doesn't matter the yeah. whiskey. The yeah. And I don't want to 
throw shade on anyone. I've got good friends that that review whiskey in social media and everything, and 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 that and great. More power to them. Um, I'll watch their their content. Um, but personally, what I tend to do, I tend to kind of gloss over a lot of the reviews and hone in on did you like it or not. What about the but, see for because, me? I just focus on the tasting notes, and I think that's why most people. I'm, I'm assuming that I think that's why most people read these reviews is they're looking for the tasting notes mm -hmm. and to, to help them pick out flavors, right? Sure. So, and, and sometimes I might do that like, oh, this is so weird. I'm getting, like, I'm tasting something weird in it. I've gone back to it a bunch of times. I might Google just to see if anybody else has tasted oh, that, in it. Sure. but not whether they, see, I don't care whether they like it or not. That's the part yeah. where I'm like, don't give a shit because it, it I don't know. We're different people. I might love it. Yeah. They might hate it. We're both right. You know. You well, let that affect your decision. Right. You know. No, no, no. Well, I, I, I didn't finish my thought. But um, whether Sorry, they bad. like, I tend to say, okay, hone in on that point. Then I take that in aggregate. Basically, mm. I try to see, do most of the people that. I follow like this or not like this because it tends to be that if the majority of the people actually like it, then I'll probably like it too. And most of them don't like, it. and there are exceptions of course with everything, but I think for me, that's a more of an accurate um, way of gauging whether I should buy a bottle or not. Hmm. Just my, I've, my thought. It's interesting. I don't find that. I don't know. I don't know. I think also my palate changes. My palate is maturing the longer I drink whiskey. And unfortunately, there's going to be a point where <laughs> when I get to a certain age where my palate is declining and that's just human physiology. Um, <clears throat> but a lot of things that I was in love with five years ago, um, I know that I'm not so in love with it anymore. I, I've, mm -hmm. I've gone back to things that I I have a whiskey journal and I go back to it and look at it and just like, yeah, nope. Um, and I often wonder if it's because, so my, your palate expands the more you work with your palate and for my job and my career, I, I do that. Um, and so I think, I wonder if sometimes I'm picking up the things now, more things I didn't, I don't like that I didn't taste before because my mm. palate was not as trained Maybe. as it is now. And perhaps that's the problem. Um, or I'm, I've gone to things that, uh, well, I'll tell you price point makes a difference, right? So yeah. I have been working with premium whiskey, whether it be American whiskey or, um, scotch for so long now that you do, there is a difference with premium whiskey, whatever whiskey that may be. And so it does create a level of expectation. You know, I mean, there are fabulous lower shelf whiskeys that I, that are my daily drinkers, but that'll change your palate too. You don't think that, that part of it could be that, that whiskey has actually changed over time as well. No, I don't think so because what I'm drinking now was I'm probably drinking pretty much the same thing as I was two years ago, you know, depending on what it is. It's not that big of a difference. I mean, okay. certainly the flavor of whiskey is changing of absolutely and of course that's why age statements are dropping in american whiskey and mm -hmm. you know we, we're blending more than we were because it's not such a bad word and we've got american single malts now and things are being aged for a shorter period of time and we've got experimental stuff like barrel finishes 
Absolutely. But you, your palate does change and evolve. And I mean, we make a joke that, you know, I can tell if someone is like, oh my God, my favorite whiskey is Basil Hayden's. I can <laughs> know that if I ask them, they're going to say they really started getting into whiskey about a year ago or two years ago, maybe the most. And I don't, I mean, nothing against Basil Hayden's, but um, I do tell them, you know, that's great. Get to know that spirit. And and at some point you're going to move beyond that and be really surprised what else is out there besides Maker's Mark and Basil Hayden. And what's the Andrew's other one? Envy. Thank you. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It's such an interesting yeah. topic. So subjective. And there's so many varying factors that I just, I don't know. I could, it's a rabbit hole. I could go down for forever. Yeah. Not to shit on you Angel's Envy drinkers out there, but, you know, if I want maple syrup, I'll go to the grocery store and save, uh, you know, 40 bucks or so. <laughs> but not to shit on you Angel's Envy yes. drinkers. Yes. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I, I actually pretty, happen to, like, to like Angel's Envy, so. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't have to be sorry. That's your opinion. I shoot He's pretty straight with my customers. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and Sailor, if there's one thing that I want people to look past, and I've said it before, we've talked about this ad nauseum, like the age stuff, look past it. Because what I tell people with youth sometimes com comes vibrancy. Mm -hmm. And I think that with the American single malts is a perfect example mm -hmm. of that. Yep. You know, if you put it two years, three years, whatever, um, youth breeds vibrancy and you can taste it and that's the big thing just I taste think it that, yeah and it really depends on the whiskey i mean yeah i feel like i don't know i feel like rye is such a green grain and i feel like it's so um depending on the yeast you're using with it but it can be so acidic and so savory that i tend to like rye whiskeys that are aged more than young rye whiskeys um, I don't feel that way about bourbon, though. I certainly don't feel that way about American single malts, although I do feel that way about scotch. Um, I think that if you aren't doing a lot of barrel finishing and things like that, that whiskey just gets more interesting with age. And there's so many reasons why. Um, but I'm not talking about a 30 year scotch. I'm talking no. about yeah. year, 12, 14 years, you know, Um but yeah, the age statements, I would be happy to see them all go away. And that is not a popular opinion at all. Most whiskey drinkers, and I don't give a shit because I, like I would like people to judge the whiskey based on what it tastes like and not what is written on the label. Mm -hmm. I've even heard people advocating for putting an average age on a bottle if it's blended, but um, You're doing that, that point, anyway, though, because you have to put your lowest, your youngest year on there anyway. So, I mean, it's like it's the same thing with the mash bill. I mean, I know people are curious, but to judge the whiskey on a mash bill is absolutely ridiculous. I'd rather see the yeast strain. <laughs> Explain the yeast strain to me because I'm going to yeah. get more information no, of true. flavor yeah. from that than a mash bill any day. Yeah, it's, so, oh, it's got 33% yeah, right. Really, yeah. It's got 33% yeah. rye. I don't like rye, so I'm not going to like it. Like, I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. I've heard this like, before. Wait, yes. Me too. I know. Same thing. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, Tennessee whiskey. I don't like Jack Daniels. Well, great. Good for you. First of all, which Jack Daniels do you not like? Because there are many Jack Daniels and they don't all taste the same. Exactly. <laughs> true. 
Also, all Tennessee whiskey does not the say. Then say that about bourbon. Then say that about scotch. Say that about anything else. Say that about oh, I don't like wine because I didn't like this wine. <laughs> okay, wine from which country? Which region? What style? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I think we would do better to take away the snobbery. And I think that the age statement is absolutely snobbery. I mean, the reason why we put an age statement on our whiskey was absolutely and totally fair and needed to happen back in the day when when things weren't regulated like they are now. But, you know, uh, that time is over. We need to just focus on, you know, what it tastes like, the quality of it, Um and not not worry about mash bills and age statements it's just it's just ridiculous now do you think part of that is people feel like it adds to the perceived value as in the price point they're paying yes. because i think someone would feel like they're getting a better value if they go out and pay um sixty dollars or eighty dollars for a 12-year whiskey as opposed to 60 or 80 dollars for maybe a four-year whiskey yes and i experienced that working for a craft distillery when i was in ohio i mean i can tell you that this whiskey they're making you can't get there's nothing like it in the world we have the second oldest um pot still in the copper pot still in the world and the old the oldest one still in use it's it's going to create a unique flavor you can't replicate. You, there's no arguing that, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, their process is so old. It's so um, unique and different. It is absolutely not, uh, <clears throat> it, uh, you can't make big volumes of whiskey with this. You can only make very small volumes. So you're gonna get very small batches. All of those factors make this whiskey very different. It's also not efficient to make whiskey like this. Therefore, it's very expensive and it's all hand done. And I mean, literally really hand done. We have one heat gauge and that's it. <laughs> so that whiskey is going to be more expensive and it's worth it, 100%. And it's gonna be half the age of, something on the shelf next to it at the same price. But if you compare the flavor of the two and understand the difference in the merits, you know that that craft whiskey is worth that much. Absolutely. Well yeah. said. Bad. It's like, why is this 60 bucks? It's grain to glass. They grow all of their grain. They harvest it, mash it, distill it. You know, pot still, which is a bitch, as we all know. It's so and slow. The distills so slow. only heat up to a certain point. They also yeah. do an open fermentation. They have no computers. They have no gauges. The only modern thing they do is they pump in and out the water. That's literally the only it. modern yeah. thing they do. They mill their own grain still. I mean, it's yeah, crazy. So that's, that's why. Yep. <laughs> I'd rather pay. I'd rather spend my money on something like that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and again, it really, it comes down to the taste and the flavor, you know? And I tell people all the time, you you can typically go in and ask, you know, at your liquor store, hey, do you happen to have such and such open or are you willing to open up one of them so that I can taste it? I know this is a little different with COVID now, depending on what state you're in, but typically that's what you can do. And there's tasting events all over the place. Um, you know, taste, you know, if you get the opportunity, taste the whiskey. If you're not sure, it's one purchase, you know. And you don't like it? Okay, you don't like it. I've purchased bottles that were expensive and had all the hoo-ha and the hype, and I've been so disappointed. It happens. Yep, yep. Take it away. Great discussion. So I'm drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking. 
I'll make it quick. It's uh, <laughs> it, it's something I've had a few times, but I finally got a bottle as a gift um, for Christmas, and it's the Old Forester 1920 Prohibition. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Takes me back to uh, an earlier episode. Yeah, yeah. So we talked about that. It's one of my big favorites. <laughs> um, speaking of gifts, I almost forgot to tell you guys this amazing story. I was gifted two bottles of whiskey over the holidays. Nice. Um, I was given my husband and I, because he is so fantastic at, uh, he works with me and um, we've just had a great relationship with this local liquor store. That's just absolutely wonderful. And they decided to give us a gift for Christmas and said, well, what's your favorite whiskey other than uncle nearest and my husband being the very smart man that he is looked over and saw a bottle of Yamazaki 12 and said Yamazaki 12. And it was the only <laughs> one on the shelf. Oh, um, no, really? He, he, I got him into Japanese whiskey. We both love Japanese whiskey. So we were gifted that bottle and it did not disappoint. I'll tell you. And, and I'll talk about that another time. <clears throat> and then I was given, so I get the mail one day and a box arrives and I don't, it has no return address. I open it up. I can tell it's from one of these companies that ships you the whiskey, but there wasn't any information in there. It's a bottle of Jack Daniels, <laughs> old number seven. And I'm like, what? Who sent me this? Hmm. I don't care for old number seven. Um, okay. Gentleman Jack is okay. The single barrel I'm is ugh, amazing. But it's pretty known that i don't care for all number seven um but the highest the highs and lowest the lows of it. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like okay i think it's yeah. it's sitting on my shelf and i look at it every once in a while i've asked tons of people and everybody's like no no that's kind of weird and i don't know i mean it's very wonderful to receive a gift of whiskey sure. i'm certainly we're gonna drink it but um yeah i just thought <laughs> it was so strange to get an anonymous bottle of whiskey huh <laughs> the only thing I could I could uh, maybe make a guess there got to be some kind of a maybe a, the Jack Daniels Uncle Nearest tie in between that whole story. Maybe thought of someone thought it'd be nice to give you a battle. Why, I don't know. Why don't I know who it's from? It's so I don't strange. know. That's weird. It's really true. weird. Hmm. Well, all right. Enough of that shit. <laughs> Let's get into our discussion of the night because we have a pretty big announcement of what is coming mm -hmm. and how we are going to kick off season three, year four of this podcast. Uh, but first let's listen to a little bit of music. Shall we? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. Well, if that didn't give it away. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, all right. all right. Let's explain a little bit first. Yeah. So, if you're new to the show, um, 
I'll tell the story once again. Sorry for those who have heard it already. Um, I posted um, on Instagram many years ago now asking the question, was it, it was Ride the Lightning versus Master of Puppets, right? I'm pretty yes. sure. I yes. said, what, which I can't decide if I have to choose the, I can't decide which album is better if I have to choose the ultimate Metallica album. Is it Ride the Lightning or Master of Puppets? And I was, it was something that I want. And then I think I said, what whiskey would you drink with it? And it just exploded and tons of people responded to it. And it was mostly all my whiskey friends. And I was like, oh, great. Look at all these metalheads in my whiskey friends too. This is awesome. I was so super excited. And it just sparked a discussion and a debate and lots of arguing. And it gave me the idea to start this podcast. So the podcast begins because of Metallica. The my love of metal is because of Metallica. So that's that's that. That's how that works. I've always wanted to pair whiskey with a song or an album or an artist. And so it's been fun to be able to do that through the years. And um, so we were going to start off the whole podcast having this discussion, which album is better and kind of going down the rabbit hole. Well, we did record those episodes first and they never made them onto our podcast stream because we were very new at this and we drank a little too much uh, every time we recorded and then one recording got um, corrupted, something happened to it. So we called it the curse of Metallica. <laughs> For a long time. Yeah, it was the beginning of this podcast and also almost the end of this podcast this as well. True. Yeah. This is true. <laughs> so, okay. So we started out in the fall. So next year, we finally attacked the subject. But we didn't attack it quite as in-depth as we had really wanted to originally. Also, it became a very polarizing discussion, and I got into a lot of very, very heated arguments on the social medias about my take on Lars, um, which started the whole joke about the fuck you, Lars, which I just want to say was a joke. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, just kind of ripping apart certain things. But, you know, it, it, this is a podcast. It's not serious. We're not doing brain surgery here. I'm, I'm like, who am I? Who cares what I say about music? I didn't really think people were going to get as upset as they did. And let me tell you, my friends, they did. I got a lot of hate mail for some of the things that I said about some of these albums. So really what we're going to do is we're going to do a look back, number one, and we're going to dive deeper as we had originally wanted to into classic Metallica. So just to be clear, we're going to talk about classic Metallica. And that means kill them all to the Black Album. We'll do a little short discussion about what would be more contemporary Metallica, but we're really going to focus on classic Metallica because that's all kind of our wheelhouse. So um, so we're going to do a couple of shows on this. It's going to be a series and um, we really want you guys to join us in this. And so Matt, who is the master of our Instagram account, is going to do polls um, with each show. 
And we're going to be doing some giveaways as well. And we're going to have a really cool guest join us at some point in the series. So this is us kicking off the series and kicking off our new season. So um, before we talk a little bit about how we all felt about the first time we attempted this, let's just go through the classic albums really quick and just give you a sense of what was going on in music at the time. So we're going to talk about Kill 'Em All first, which was released in June 25th of 1983. So what else in metal was released in this year? You had Holy Diver from Dio, Peace of Mind from Iron Maiden, Quiet Riot's Metal Health, Ozzy's Bark at the Moon and Def Leppard's Pyromania. I mean, hello. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a it was good a year. good time to be a metalhead. Let me yeah, tell that's you. It was. Um, and just also to give you kind of a sense of what else was going on uh, in that year. We had Hurricane Alicia, which uh, sadly hit the coast of Texas and killed 21 people. Um, it was a direct hit on Galveston and Houston, if you guys remember that. It was really nuts. Um, well, I guess, Ed, if you remember that. <laughs> Not Matt. Uh, the United States invaded Grenada. Alrighty then. Uh, we had a space mission, which was the STS-7. Um, and then uh, we had, let's see what else. Mario Brothers game debuted. Dun, dun, dun. Um, we also had Fraggle Rock debut on HBO. <laughs> I think I loved Fraggle, Fraggle Rock, Rock more as oh, a college kid than a child for, you know, many reasons. <laughs> um, fashion was pretty freaking snazzy. Let's see. Uh, you had lots of shoulder pads, lots of oversized women's suits. Uh, we were all wearing leg warmers. That was definitely me with everything. Um, the thermal boots were in style. Those 80s snow boots. Oh, the moon boots. Yes. <laughs> um, and then toys. So. Um, oh, don't forget the members only jackets. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, see and say was super popular. Um, if you were a little itty bitty kid and the glow worm. Oh, um, yeah. Also, uh, Couch Patch Kids were still all the rage. Jesus, those things. There was an earthquake in New York City, 5.2 on the Richter scale. Damn. That's, that's really, you know. <laughs> um, what else happened? Uh, was C and Say, is that a prequel to like Speak and Spell? Was yeah. that kind of the oh, same family? Yeah. yeah. That was also the year that I was introduced to and became interested in uh, metal and hard rock. All right. Yeah, same for me. Um, so the first mobile phones were released this year as well, and that was by the Motorola company. It was a literal battery pack that you had to carry around with a strap. Um, Sally Ride, uh, I didn't realize it was this year. Sally Ride became the first woman, American woman in space on June 18th. And unfortunately, Margaret Thatcher won a landslide victory in the elections in the UK. Um, Star Wars Return of the Jedi uh, came out that year. Mm -hmm. Superman 3, Tootsie, Trading Places, War Games, hell yeah. Mm. Flashdance, Stay Would alive. you like to play a game? <laughs> Octopussy, National Lampoon's Vacation, and Yentl. 
So there you go. That is, that's, that's the year of 1983. That's the year uh, Ed and I started listening to metal, apparently. Yeah, bringing back and, a lot of memories. <laughs> mentioning all those things. I was definitely well-formed at this point in what I liked for sure, musically. Um, so we, last time we discussed this, we all agreed that we liked Kill em All. Um, we agreed that we felt, you know, as it was an incredible, uh, first release for sure. Um, we agreed that the band was still a little bit green and we ended up choosing ride the lightning over, um, kill them all when we had to put them up against each other. So before I move on to ride the lightning, do you guys still feel like you would vote the same way? I do feel like I still vote the same way. Um, I do feel like I appreciate Kill 'Em All more now than I did then, since I've had a lot more time to listen to it. Because I think that back when we did that first battle, that was I. I actually went out and I bought the album, and that was the first time I'd ever listened to that album from front to back. Um, but yeah, but that album has definitely grown on me. A lot since um but overall i think i would still i would still go go lightning although it would be it's a much closer what mm-hmm. now than it would have been at that point what about you matt uh i would still go ride the lightning um i agree with i i still love kill em all it's still one of my favorite albums ever anything uh but there's just that unbelievable progression in their maturity and their music um that will you know after ride the lightning hit it hit a an all-time high but it's that it's that change from just one year from 83 to 84 that is just mind-boggling to me so i mean that progression i always have to go ride the lightning i always have to go the album after um at least in that first arc of their career so uh, i would still pick ride the lightning definitely all right so speaking of ride the lightning that was released in july 27th of 1984 um also judas priest defender of faith was released van halen's 1984 iron maiden's power slave twisted sister stay hungry and anthrax fist full of metal so uh, if you wanted to buy a brand new house in 1984, it would cost you about $86,000. Um, if you wanted to buy a gallon of milk, it would have been about $1.10. Um, let's see what else happened this year. We had the, uh, the Apple Macintosh commercial, commercial computer mm-hmm. um, and sorry, personal computer. And it came, went on sale in January of 1984. Um, so we also had Band-Aid, uh, not the actual Band-Aid, but the concert. Um, do you remember that Band-Aid? Ooh, that yep. was, that was huge. Um, that's where the, do they know it's Christmas time, uh, came, that's where that came from. Um, then, uh, it was agreed that Hong Kong would, um, go back to China in 1997, although it didn't happen until a little bit later. 
Um, so there was the famous Summer Olympics in 1984, and uh, it was uh, it was. That's a whole other discussion. It's a huge discussion. Um, it has a lot to do with our, at the time, our still Cold War with Russia. Um, the beauty queen killer was captured. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of, uh, we had our first untethered spacewalk happen. Um, and then fashion, once again, pretty similar Um, I think the only thing I would say different in fashion at this point is that there is a lot of shit back from the 1920s that came back into fashion. Everybody had their game watches. Remember those, Ed? Your big fat square game watches. Oh, the little with a little Pac-Man or whatever. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) And the, and the calculator watch and the calculator watch. Yep. Yep. They were very big watches and swatch Um, watches. (laughs) I had like, 20,000 of those. I wanted them in every color. Um, and then toys, my little damn pony. Oy, 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 oy. <laughs> I was never a my little pony fan, but my little sister was. So they were all over the house and God forbid you ever touched one. There would be hell to pay. Oh, there were no bronies in those days. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we talked about wait you were forgetting a extremely oh, earth-shattering God. important event from 1984 what, uh, Ghostbusters came out? hi <laughs> <laughs> oh matt, matt joined the world <laughs> me yeah <laughs> yay and of course <laughs> and, yeah ghostbusters and matt was born yes, oh. yes. Um, you also had indiana jones and the temple of doom and matt was born gremlins yeah. Beverly Hills Cop, The Karate Kid, yeah, uh, and Matt was born. Uh, Romancing the Stone, Police Academy, Splash, The Terminator. Lord, mm-hmm. once again, Amadeus. Anyone Amadeus. Could hear for movies too? Oh, yeah. great movie, great movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah gosh. That was yeah. You're right. That was actually yeah an amazing movie. Absolutely. So, um, Ride the Lightning. When I when I Listen back to our initial episode. We felt that the progression of the band, Matt, as you had said, was just so it, it was just so incredible that we all had to go with Ride the Lightning. And so there was no argument there that we would have chose chosen Ride the Lightning. And I was having a difficult time um, parting with one song off of uh, Kill 'Em All, and that was Seek and Destroy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. which I still feel the same way. Um, so then we discussed Master of Puppets, which was released in March of 1986. Um, also released was Megadeth's Peace Sells But Who's Buying, Slayer's Reign in Blood, Ozzy's Ultimate Sin, and Iron Maiden's Somewhere in Time. So um, I made it clear last time that master puppets is the ultimate album for me of Metallica and probably one of probably the ultimate metal album ever. I would say, um, I don't think that's ever going to change. I don't think anything is going to change that view. Um, but let's talk about real quick before we go into that, what was going on in the year of 1986. So, um, if you wanted to buy five pounds of potatoes, they were a dollar. A jar of Skippy peanut butter was a dollar forty-nine. 
and a Ford Mustang was $7,000.52. All right. Um, The Chernobyl explosion happened this year, which was a hell of a thing. Uh, And the Space Shuttle Challenger, unfortunately, as well, um, disintegrated after 73 seconds after launching, killing everyone on board, which was awful. Um, the Oprah Winfrey show was debuted, which was a really big deal. Having a black woman hosting a primetime talk show was pretty incredible. Still is. Um, Hands Across America happened. Um, I did not participate. Ed, did you participate? God, I'm trying to remember. I remember it going on, but I can't actually remember if I did or not. Is that terrible? But. A lot of schools organized it. I remember. Um, yeah, I remember it as being in a school setting. I think our school mm-hmm. might have done like a. I don't think we were part of the actual chain, like how many people actually were. But it, I mean, I think we might have done something symbolically. Yeah, it was. So it was a ten dollar donation to get a place in line, and six and a half million people participated, and um, the money raised um, was used to help people um, that were in uh, poverty through local charities in different cities um, across the country. Phantom of the Frickin' Opera debuted Mm. um, in London's West End and came over here shortly after. Not a fan. Uh, Sorry. Uh, The Mir Space Station uh, was launched that year. Uh, First case of mad cow disease was identified. That sucks. Again, with the fashion, pretty much the same as the years before. Uh, The only difference, I would say, is you got some scrunchy boots going on for the women and lots of brown belts for the men. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Toys, my buddy and me got a kid sister. I hated that creepy doll. (laughs) And I hated his kid sister. And I hated the kids in the commercials because they were creepy too. Um, But my favorite toy to come out uh one of my top favorite toys to come out was the thundercats costume set that you could get for 11.99 at woolworths or toys r us and uh i had that sucker let me tell you oh yeah i wanted to be a thundercat um let's see what else uh smoking was banned on all public transportation in the united states um the pan am flight 73 was hijacked um, at the Karachi International Airport. I remember that very well. Um, lots of shitty stuff happened, man. Uh, Mike Tyson was the first, uh, the youngest heavyweight champion in history that year as well. Um, let's see. Uh, a full survey is carried out in Loch Ness, hoping to find proof that Nessie <laughs> exists. <laughs> that was a really big deal. Uh, movies released that year, Top Gun, Crocodile Dundee, Platoon, Karate Kid Part 2, Star Trek The Voyage Home, Aliens, yes, Ruthless People, The Color of Money, and The Money Pit. The Money Pit. My God. One of the most underrated comedies ever made. Totally. That and The Burbs, both of them. We watched The Burbs recently, too. I don't know why. If you want to see Tom Hanks before he was famous, watch The Money Pit. Well, I guess, so I mean, he did, he did Splash before that, but I don't think, he, was he still wasn't buddies. Tom Hanks, though, yeah. He was kind of Tom Hanks. Bosom buddies, with, well, maybe, he, I don't know. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. 
All right. Let's talk about master of puppets. Um, why? So, okay. I said that was the ultimate Metallica album. Matt, you agreed with me, right? Yes, absolutely. Ed and Jake felt differently. Mm-hmm. Ed, explain. Explain? Okay, I do some explaining. Um, <clears throat> developmentally on my Metallica journey, um, I started off with Injustice for All. And I think that may have given it an unfair advantage over Master of Puppets. Um, just for the fact that I love every single track on that album. Um, Master of Puppets I came to later in life. And why I while I do think that this some this is some of their best material on here, that I will not argue against that at all i totally agree master of puppets um damage incorporated battery thing that should not be i mean that that's it doesn't get much better than that it's like top of the mountain for for metallica but as a whole i think i would i i just i just gravitate towards justice because to me the whole package, I think, is 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 a little more for me than it gives me more than this does. Mm-hmm. Even though what's here is great, you know. Um, yeah. So I, but yeah, I, th- I I did a lot of thinking about this. And this is the one that I said, well, it, I I could possibly flip, but after I thought about it, and I'm like, uh, you know. I, I would be okay with flipping if that's how I really felt, but um, that's not how I really feel. So I'm going to stick with my original <laughs> verdict. That's always good. All right, um, Matt. Let's save our let's save this discussion oh. for when we cover it. I think we should, um, since it's our right. ultimate. Right? I think that's fair. Both of yeah. us. Um, okay, so the next two albums, I'm going to go through them quickly together, um, <clears throat> is Injustice for All, which was released in September of 1988. Also released was Queensryche Operation Mindcrime, Slayer South of Heaven, Megadeth So Far So Good, Testament New Order, and Danzig's self-titled album. So, uh, once again, the 80s were just the golden time for metal, in my opinion. Um, so, w- what was happening in 1988? A movie, movie ticket costs $3.50. Man, a stamp was only $0.24. Cents. <sighs> Let's see. Um, all right. What other events happened? Um there was a lot of uh, oh lord, lots of salmonella happening. There was a lot of uh, there's a lot of bad stuff going on this year. <laughs> Jeez, I'm going through this stuff and I'm like, yeah, that's not good. That's not good. <laughs> that's really bad. Let's see, that's not good. Uh, let's talk about the good stuff. Um, let's talk about technology. Um, well, I don't know if that's good. Carbon dating <laughs> is established. 
<laughs> this year. Uh, I was going to say the U.S. stealth bombers unveiled, but that's not good. Um, Stephen Hawking's published A Brief History of Time, which I have tried to read several times and can follow some of it. Um, it's very, it's, it's incredible when you can understand it. Uh, I need someone to walk me through that. If anyone wants to volunteer, send me a message. Um, the first transatlantic fiber optic cable is laid and able to carry 40,000 telephone calls simultaneously, which that's, was a big that's deal huge. back then. Yep. Um, laser eye surgery. Uh, it's the first use of laser, laser eye surgery in the U S happened in 1988 and, uh, fashion. Well, let's see. There are a lot of, um, there's a lot of acid wash jeans happening. There's a lot of bows on clothes for women. Uh, there's a lot of still clothes are very oversized, giant turtlenecks, very long skirts. Um, you've got a lot of gold and silver shiny shoes. Men's fashion continues to be boring as fuck. Um, there's a lot of uh, belts again, uh, a lot of plaid for the men, and uh, tapered pantaloons. Otherwise known as the hammer pants. <laughs> we weren't there or, yet. Or is that something Not else? Yet. Okay. Yeah. I guess these that's just, another another year down yes, the road. These are like the pleated and tapered pants. Oh yeah. Um okay, toys. You had footnotes, was which was kind of like the uh, a replica of the big piano used in big. Uh that that came out. Um oh gosh. Okay. Um, we're gonna have to post a picture of this, Matt. Make a note. The cricket doll came out. If you don't know what the hell the cricket doll is, look it up. It was seventy-five freaking dollars in nineteen eighty-eight, and Damn. it was one of the creepiest dolls that I think has ever come out. Um, you also had the Barbie TV game show set. Uh, it was a there was Barbie and she's on the game show, and there's a cameraman. Um, he's a brown dude behind the camera. If that tells you anything, and uh, yeah, you could have that for twelve bucks. <laughs> um but the the one again so transformers you've got transformers which was awesome but the one toy i do remember the minute i saw it i was like tank attack game do you remember that ed tank, tank attack it I was awesome i remember one those atari 2600 game we had called combat no this was physical thing. the tank attack game and it had like a little viewfinder. I'll send you a picture. It was amazing. Okay. I thought it was like it was like super like advanced technology at the time. <laughs> uh, movies in 1988. Rain Man, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Big, of course, Twins, uh, Crocodile Dundee 2. I'm going to save the best for last. Naked Gun uh, from the Files of Police Squad. Beetlejuice. <laughs> Naked Gun. Dangerous Liaisons. <laughs> Surely we're joking. Wanda. That's airplane. Who surely? Uh, and uh, then yeah. the ultimate Christmas <laughs> movie of all time uh, was released in 1988, and that would be Die Hard. Yippee Kaye, motherfuckers! So, all right, we should do a whole episode today. about just movies. Like, honestly, we talk about Haven't movies enough. Already? I feel like we've no, done that. Movies in general. Just take okay. take a year and just do the movies in that year. Okay. Yeah. Next up, we have Metallica's Black Album, which is released in August of 1991. And uh, Sepulter's Arise was released 
that year, Soundgarden's Bad Motor Finger, Motorhead's 1916, and Skid Row's Slave to the Grind, just so you know what's happening <laughs> that year in music. Um, so we also have a lot of stuff going on in 1991, but a lot of changes, I would say, um, in the world. So can you guys think about any uh, movies that came out in 1991? 91. Notable movies? Silence Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs, yep, yep. Thelma and Louise, still one of my favorite movies. Um, City Slickers. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, JFK. Yes. (laughs) The Addams Family, which I'm sorry, I love that movie so yeah. much and terminator 2 judgment day yes. hello yeah. and who could forget hot shots Me, <laughs> <I can> forget. <laughs> charlie sheen in his heyday yeah oh yeah no thanks yeah what was it tiger blood or something what, what was the thing tiger's blood okay so games in 1991 you had the Super Nintendo Entertainment System for $200. That was a lot of money back then. Let me tell you. Yeah, adjusted but for inflation. That would let be me read probably like the, 800 now. Yeah, seriously. It was crazy expensive. Yep. So the Super Nintendo Entertainment System features full digital stereo sound and breathtaking graphics with huge <laughs> characters and over 30,000 different colors to choose from your video screen comes to life with dazzling three-dimensional effects. It includes Super Mario World, a game featuring the greatest video game hero in history. Mario can now move in and around and behind objects, and the music will keep you stomping until dawn. It also includes two specially contoured controllers that feature eight buttons for unprecedented play control. Now, yeah, if you don't real you don't realize how big of a leap that was, Matt, probably until you compare it to no, no. like the Atari twenty six hundred mm-hmm. going from that to this yeah. with your one joystick and one button and going to the gamepad and the the more colorful no, graphics and everything. I was gonna amazing. you beat me to it. I was uh, laughing, but it at the time it was breathtaking. It was like you said yeah. breathtaking and it was breathtaking, yes. Going from regular NES, the regular the original Nintendo to Super Nintendo was like I remember. <laughs> oh, I was talking about the original Nintendo. Oh, you were talking about Super Nintendo? Super Nintendo, that's what you're talking about, right? Ninety one? Super Nintendo? Nintendo? Oh, I was talking about yeah, the original yeah, yeah. NES. How big of a yeah. leap that was. But, well, that, well, yeah, that yeah, too. Was, yeah. yeah, that was also another big leap. But yeah. So the uh, toys for girls and boys continued to be fucking insulting. So if you were a girl, you could have the laundry play center for $50. Fucking <laughs> if you were a boy, you could have the Columbia airplane. Thanks, motherfuckers. Um, and my favorite game of all time kidding came out in 1991 let me read you the description first create new raps by playing rhyming cards to fill in the blanks on the game board then wrap them out to the rhythm of the electrical beatbox microphone it was the vanilla ice electric rap game (laughs) (laughs) and once again you could have the barbie barbie chocolate shop if you were a girl and a powered drill set if you were a boy Oh, yay. So, um, all right. So for most of us, 
I think we all agree, and you should agree, otherwise you're just wrong, that the Black Album is really the end, and that's pushing it a bit even for me, of classic Metallica. Um, after the Black Album, that's it. There's no more classic Metallica. It is considered contemporary new, Metallica. New. And I recognize for any of you out there that want to argue that contemporary Metallica has been around longer than the classic Metallica, I really don't give a toss. So um, all of this being said, just to kind of uh, state our case and set you up for the next episode, this is what we will be doing for the next several shows. We'll be doing deep dives into these albums, um, talking about who the band was at the time, and going up against ourselves from previous episodes. We are also going to cover the documentary Cliff Em All. Um, if you have not seen it yet, I would say in the next couple of weeks, definitely watch it so you know what the hell we're talking about when we cover that on the show. And like I said, we will most likely have a very special guest with us. Um, but until then, I think that's it. I think uh, it's time to go and have another glass of whiskey. So um, I'm going to play us out with some music for a minute. All right, so I played that twice awesome. because we had to throw out that album in the first series. And it's one of my favorite Metallica songs, so goddamn it, I was going to play it again. Uh, so that's it. That's, that's all I've got for tonight. And, um, yeah, Matt, take it away. All right, guys. This is where we're going, season three. So uh, buckle up. It should be a lot of fun. Um, follow us on Instagram, of course, at Metal Rock Whiskey. You can find us on Twitter at Metal Whiskey. Uh, we have revived the Facebook group uh, a little bit dormant the last yes. few months, but uh, that's putting it very mildly. <laughs> but uh, it is now Metal Rock and Whiskey uh, on Facebook. Uh, check it out. Ask to join. We will accept you. Um, follow and subscribe also on YouTube. You guys are watching us right now. Um, if you can, hit that thumbs up. It really does help. Every thumbs up helps. Uh, turn on that bell that you see right below us here. Uh, click it to get notified every time we upload a new video. Anything that we put on the channel, you will get notified of it if you just click that bell. So make sure you do that. Of course, you can find us all on Instagram individually. You can find me, as you see there on your screen. Uh, for the people listening on iTunes or Captivate, it is at the Whiskey Obsessor. That is Whiskey Save the E. Ed. And they can find me and hanging out on Instagram at Bourbon Geek. And you can Sailor. find me at Sailor Retro on Instagram and Twitter and Sailor Guevara on Facebook. And hey, listeners and viewers, if you love us or even just like us, please, we ask you hit that subscribe button and give us a review because it really does matter to us. And of course, tune in for the next episode of metal rock and whiskey and on that note fuck you 2020 we're out bye bye later everyone
Hey, this is Sailor, and you're listening to a Spirit of Rock Podcast Network show. Find this show and many others at spiritofrockpods.com. <laughs> 